Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on this pre-Thanksgiving podcast, I want to talk about Roth conversions and the Build Back Better Act. So the House just passed, just last Friday, the Build Back Better Act by a vote of 220 to 213. And as I've talked about for the last several months, the bill encompasses a wide range of budget and spending provisions, and it's been a focus of a long set of negotiations over the last several weeks, uh, not months. So I wanted to talk about, obviously, the Roth conversion provisions that are in this bill, uh, which ultimately will be uh, reviewed by the Senate, and uh, we expect to be, it to be signed by the president sometime in December. So I want to focus on the Roth and some of the other tax provisions. Now, there's a number of tax provisions in the Build Back Better Act that was passed by the House that are just not uh, relevant to kind of this podcast, like, um, you know, 15% minimum tax on profits from large corporations. There's a 1% surcharge on corporate stock buybacks. Interest, limitation of interest expense deductions for uh, corporations, uh, foreign tax credit limitations, country by country minimum tax on foreign profits of U.S. corps. Uh, I'm not going to go through those provisions because it's just not relevant to individuals, which is essentially, you know, my target audience is um, retirement account holders, investors, people looking to maximize the retirement benefits and use the retirement system uh, to its utmost uh, benefit. So let me start with the Roth provisions because I've obviously uh, talked about that repeatedly in multiple podcasts and obviously wrote a book on the Roth IRA. And out of eight books I've written, you know, the Roth comes in to every one of them. Okay. From IRA, self directed IRAs, solo 401ks. Roths are a big part of retirement tax planning ever since the creation of Roths in 1997. So Way back in the beginning, when this thing started, uh, when the Ways and Means Committee back on mid-September 13th um, passed the proposed tax bill, there were a number of Roth provisions that actually continued and to this day are in the Build Back Better Act. So the two IRA provisions that my industry, the self-record IRA industry, fought so diligently against, and we actually did a really good job and uh, I think the industry deserves the credit. All of us, all the large cor- companies in the space um, banded together and uh, educated members of Congress, the Senate. We got tons and tons and tons of help from you and our client base, the uh, hundreds of thousands of clients, not millions of clients that we service to reach out to their uh, members of Congress and senators and educate them about the importance of using a retirement account to make the credit investor and private business investment. So those two bad provisions that really tax self-directed IRAs have been removed. Unfortunately, there's a couple of Roth provisions that remain in the Build Back Better Act, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to um, get them removed um, 
before the president signs it. I'm not sure that there's a senator or two that um, has their in antennas up on this thing. Honestly, it's just not a big uh, priority for them. There's other stuff they're worried about. And let's get into these provisions. So number one, the backdoor Roth IRA, right? Before 2009, before the financial crisis, you were not able to do a Roth conversion if you had a, a income amount over a certain level. Thus, you were not able to do a backdoor Roth IRA. What is a backdoor Roth IRA? Well, basically a backdoor Roth IRA became a strategy after the financial crisis in 2010, when the IRS said you do not, no longer any income will not be a determining factor in someone's ability to make a conversion. So in other words, anyone, no matter their income level, can do a Roth conversion. Why did they want to include such a provision and uh, essentially remove the old income limitations? It's because they got smart and realized that Roth conversions generate taxable revenue. And that is something that Congress is more than happy to accept because it helps pay for all their programs. So they said, hey, we need money, financial crisis, tax revenues are down, companies' profits are low, people are making less money, people got laid off. Let's find a way to collect more tax revenue. And that's what they did and said, okay, anyone can do a Roth conversion. So what that started is something called the backdoor Roth IRA, which allowed anyone who made more than 208,000 in 2021, which was the Roth cutoff. So if you made more than 208,000 married, filed jointly in 2021, you were not able to make a direct Roth IRA contribution. However, if you're Elon Musk or anyone that makes over 208,000 bucks a year, you can simply make an after-tax IRA contribution and then immediately convert it to Roth. And since that after-tax traditional contribution is not tax deductible, it's after tax. Assuming you have no other IRAs out there, you can simply take that six or $7,000 maximum after tax IRA contribution and just convert it to Roth. Now I mentioned if you do not have any other IRAs out there, why? Because there is a pro rata formula if you have other pre-tax IRAs floating out there in essentially any uh, institution, you're not able to convert the full amount of the backdoor Roth IRA contribution there is a pro rata formula. So if you had $5,000 in a traditional IRA from, I don't know, 2013, and now you wanna do a backdoor Roth IRA of 5,000 bucks today, you would have to do a pro rata formula. So you'd have to take five plus five, add up your IRAs, that's 10, and you wanna backdoor five out of 10. So that means 50% of the $5,000 after tax contribution would only be allowed to be converted to Roth. So you'd have 2,500 bucks in a Roth, and then you'd still have 2,500 in after-tax account, and then 5,000 bucks in a pre-tax IRA. Ultimately, you, you, as you make further Roth contributions or after-tax contributions, excuse me, to Roth, the pro rata formula would eventually you know, reduce it down to zero, but there is a formula. But if you have no other IRA contributions, uh, you don't have to worry. You can simply do a six or $7,000 after-tax IRA contribution and convert it to Roth. However, the Build Back Better Act seeks, will eliminate that. It will eliminate anyone's ability to do an after-tax contribution to Roth. That includes what's known as a mega backdoor Roth Solo 401k. So the same principles as a backdoor Roth IRA, but you employ it with a Solo 401k. And a Solo 401k in 2021, the maximum contribution limit is 58,000, 
64,500 if you are over the age of 50 years old. So the way the mega backdoor Roth solo 401k works is you can make a dollar for dollar after-tax contribution of 58 or 64,500, and then you can immediately convert it in the plan, or you can actually just roll it out to a Roth IRA, irrespective of age or income level, and convert it to Roth. Build Back Better Act seeks to eliminate both the backdoor Roth IRA and the mega backdoor 401k, mostly done in solo 401k plans, but there are companies that allow for mega backdoor um, Roth contributions in a 401k, even though it potentially could fail the ERISA test because there's a top heavy ACP test. Um, so if not enough rank and file employees do it, or if there's too many high income earners that are doing it and not enough rank and file employees are doing it, it could fail the top heavy test. Although there are opportunities to do it. Uh, I have a number of clients that work at large corporations, including large law firms, and they are, have mentioned that they're able to do after-tax contributions to Roth and their 401k. So notwithstanding that, the Build Back Better Act seeks to eliminate it. Why? I'm not sure. Uh, I think it probably falls on the shoulders of Senator Wyden, uh, who's the head of the Senate Finance Committee, and he's just had a you know, pretty big bullseye um, on Roths. He just does not like Roths. He thinks it's used by rich people to shelter income, and he just thinks there's a lot of abuse in the Roth world. Um, I disagree with him. I think the statistics bear that out and would probably support, uh, not probably, would support my uh, position because, again, if there was so much abuse, then you'd have more than 28,000 people with $5 million in a retirement account, not just Roth, traditional and 401k. There'd be tons and tons of abuse. The facts are the Roth was created in 1997, a Democrat, Senator Roth, Delaware, to help people and incentivize them to save. And the incentive was, hey, save, hold the Roth five years, hold it to your 60 years old, 59 and a half, and then you can pull the money without tax. So it was another incentive. Um, and you know, Senator Wyden is really trying to stop people from accumulating uh, Roths, um, people that make, in this case, over 208, in 2022 is 214,000. And for some reason, he's just equating that to rich people. So if you make more than 208,000 in 2021, you're rich and you're not able to add six or 7,000 bucks of additional savings into a Roth. And that's too bad because trust me, um, it's awfully, awfully, awfully hard to turn 6,000 bucks into millions of dollars, right? The super billionaires don't care about backdoor Roths six or seven grand, or even a, a solo K, assuming they could even be eligible for a solo 401k, right? There's 700 billionaires. Um, trust me, they're not, they're not making solo 401k contributions and they're not making after tax to Roth contributions um, in their 401k plan, right? The, the 401k funds are irrelevant. 401ks and IRAs help us, right? Middle upper class folks who want to put away more money for their families, for retirement, for their kids. Um, that's who these provisions hurt. They don't raise money. In fact, they're going to take money out of treasury, as I mentioned numerous times on past podcasts, because guess what? People are just going to do pre-tax contributions. They're just going to say, okay, I can't do after-tax, so I'll just put in more in a 401k pre-tax, or I'll do more in an IRA or a SEP, whatever the case may be, um, because the after-tax to Roth option is off the table. So um, yeah, not a huge deal. Um, it just really bad policy. Um, we want to incentivize people to save. We want people to save more, um, not force them to have less. And, and this isn't 
going to stop uh, anything. It's just going to hurt um, middle class, to upper class folks, and even low income people just save more. What's your six or seven thousand bucks in an IRA? Um, again, you're married, file jointly, make two hundred twenty five grand. You're doing well. Okay, that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. You're not rich. You still need to save. You still got to get your kids in college. You still need to pay your mortgage. You still need to pay for your credit card debt, healthcare. I mean, you're not rich, right? If you make 600, 700 grand, okay. You got a lot of money. You're doing great. A million bucks, sure. 208,000 bucks married, filed jointly. That's good money. But trust me, if you live in New York City and you make 208, married, filed jointly, like you're, you're low to middle class, right? You're not killing it. If you're single and make 208, fine. But the rules are 208, married, filed jointly. Now, if you make 208 in North Dakota, yeah, you're, you're doing really well. But for most part, you're not rich if you make 208 grand. You're, you're doing well. Why, why prevent those people, punish them for adding six or 7,000 bucks into a Roth IRA? Stupid. Really stupid. So really um, disagree with, with these provisions. But you know, we, we kind of focused, uh, at least from an industry standpoint, on the credit investor and the private business restrictions and, and we are happy to get those provisions removed so we feel like it may be overreaching and a little bit too aggressive um, to, to, to attack these provisions but um, I'm personally um, don't see the value uh, from a public policy from a revenue raise um, it's it's not gonna add any value at all and then the third one which won't kick in actually for 10 years they're going to put income limits on Roth conversions now I don't know if this will ever see the day of light they kicked this down the road till 2031. Um, so who knows? I think down the road, someone's going to wake up and be like, oh, we need these conversions because they bring in money. Because guess who makes conversions? Generally people that have income and they pay more tax. So uh, I don't know if this provision will ever come to life. But basically it says in 2031, so in 2032 tax year, if you make more than 450 or 400,000 single, and it is going to be uh, adjusted for inflation, whatever that is, um, you're not going to be able to do Roth conversions. Okay, so in 2031, I don't know what that number will be, the 450 or 400. Uh, it's obviously going to be higher because we are living in a time of inflation. Uh, I don't know if you filled up for gas lately or if you don't have an electric car, um, you drive by a gas station. Or even if you have an electric car, you just drive by a gas station. Uh, price of turkeys, I read somewhere, it's gone up anywhere from 14 to 24%. Um, we all know what's going on with inflation, uh, good or bad. So um, these numbers will be higher, but either way, they want to limit conversions and starting in 2032. Tax planning, uh, if you believe that this provision will stay, then you have 10 years to, to get everything to Roth. Uh, however, be, be aware that there's a $10 million cap for all retirement accounts that will not kick in until 2029. Okay, so you have time to get to 10 million bucks. <laughs> That's um, the good news. Again, I don't know if that 10 million cap will ever see the day of light. Um, if, if someone else gets in office, Congress changes parties, someone else chairs the Ways and Means or the Senate Finance Committee, they may just say, this is stupid. Let's just scrap this bad policy. But as of today, the 10 million threshold will not kick into 2029. So let's talk um, other tax provisions. So just to recap, the Build Back Better Act passed the House. It's going to pass the Senate. President will sign it in the next month. Um, bad IRA provisions were kicked out. The accredited investor, private business. Uh, however, a couple, I think, poor, poorly drafted, uh, poor public policy Roth provisions remain. 
the elimination of the backdoor Roth IRA, elimination of the backdoor 401k, mostly solo 401k, and then Roth conversions will be eliminated after 2031. Not sure that's going to kick in. Also, $10 million cap on retirement accounts will kick in in 2029. So we'll see where that goes. So let me spend a couple minutes now just going through some of the other tax provisions that I kind of earmarked as relevant. Um, let's start with the SALT deduction, the state and local tax deduction, 164B limitation. It's going to increase it from ten dollars to $80,000, uh, 40 if you're married, follow separate. Um, but it will extend the limitation through 2031. Uh, so again, this was a win for Democrats in uh, New York or California that were really pushing for a increase in SALT deduction. What's ironic is it's going to help. It's going to really help rich people. So, you know, give it to Bernie Sanders. At least he's uh, true to form and at least he's keeps it real because he's against the increase in the SALT deduction because he knows it's just a giveaway for rich people. But some of the other Democrats um, will, are, are for it and, and pushing for it since Trump uh, put the limitation in in 17. So um, go another example. It's just all about votes and politics. It's not necessarily about um you know, policy and, um, you know, I guess uh, what they, what some people believe is good for the country. But uh, again, I'm not a big fan of Bernie Sanders, but at least, you know, he keeps it real. At least he's, he's, he's a true socialist and he's, he's at least going to be uh, consistent with that, where some of these other politicians uh, waver when it, it suits them. Um, what, what else do I want to talk about? Um Let's talk about the um, small business stock, okay? So qualified small business stock has been used by a lot of uh, individuals to uh, eliminate capital gains on uh, qualified business stock sales, small businesses. Now, uh, Section 1202 wants to disallow 75% and 100% um, of the sales stock if your adjusted gross income is over 400. So if you're making AGI over 400, uh, you're not going to be able to get the exclusion of uh, 75 or 100% of the tax on the sales stock. Um, we'll see how that works out. Um, I guess they'll look at the AGI from the year before. Um, kind of curious how that's going to work. Because if they look at it this year, obviously you're going to have more than 400 grand if you sell your business. Um, so are they excluded out? It's unclear how, how that's going to work, but that's just something to keep in mind that the qualified small business stock um, you know, window there to... Um, circumvent uh, tax on a sales stock. Uh, if you make more than 400 AGI, you may not get that benefit. Now, wash sales is something I wanted to talk about. 1091, section 1091 wash sales. Wash sale basically is when an investor seller trades a security at a loss and then 30 days, they you know, buy it back. So they want to extend the wash sales to cryptocurrencies. And this is in the Build Back Better bill. So this, um, again, there's been some pushback on this. Uh, it looks like it's going to get through and um, they want to add foreign currencies and cryptos. So if you buy Bitcoin for a law, sell it for a loss, you can't buy it back within 30 days. Um, going to be interesting. Um, so because generally when it's stocks, you sell Apple, you can't buy Apple back, but you can buy Tesla. Right. But if you sell Bitcoin um, and you want to buy it, you can't buy it back within 30 days. If you sell it for a loss, you'd have to buy Ethereum. Uh, seems overly broad. You have a lot more selection in equities than you do in cryptocurrencies. So uh, I think that's going to be pretty restrictive. Um, don't kind of see the benefit on that. I think it makes sense for stocks 
where you have thousands and thousands of choices. So if you sell Tesla, you can buy fi Facebook. Whereas if you sell Bitcoin, there's only a couple crypto assets that you know people are, are buying. It's it's generally you know, ten to twenty. It's not thousands. So it seems overly broad, but that's something we're going to have to deal with. Uh, net investment tax. Uh, it's going to section 1411 will be amended to apply the tax to net investment income derived in the ordinary course of trade or business. I talked about this. Currently, net investment tax is not based off business, and this is going to kick in if you make over 400 or 500 grand. Um, so it's going to add a 3% um, or so net investment tax um, on business income if you are, I guess, a high income earner making over 500, married, followed jointly. Currently, net investment tax does not apply to, to business income. Um, there's a high income surcharge. Again, I'm not going to spend much time on that. If your income uh, above 10 million bucks, there's obviously the green energy incentives we talked about for electric cars, um, which is going to help the electric car uh, industry because there's a tax credit, which provides a refundable income tax credit of up to 8,500 bucks for newly qualified plug-in electric drive motor vehicles. The credit will be available for qualified electric vehicles that cost up to 80 grand. So you can get a bunch of Teslas for under 80 grand, um, which uh, is going to be obviously a boon for the electric vehicle marketplace. Not that they need it, right? The, the, the values of these uh, companies are already astronomical. Um, company just went public last week as a uh, electric car company. I think they've sold 150 cars. They got a bigger market cap than uh, Ford. Um, there's some housing credits here. The IRS is going to get a bundle more money, right? Like 80 billion bucks over a bunch of years. So um, actually, I think a member of Congress tweeted uh, yesterday or a few days ago that the IRS now will have more employees than like Facebook and Tesla combined, something like that. So, um, and then Elon Musk said, well, it's not for me because they already, there's only 700 billionaires and there's already a team of audit um, folks that are already focused only on super wealthy. So he basically made the point that all these new hires will be for us. <laughs> so the IRS is going to be uh, more involved in our business. That's that's for sure. And again, the whole idea is, is they, at least the Democrats, um, put a number of close to 400 billion of money that they'll raise from adding 80 billion in uh, resources to the IRS. Uh, congressional budget um, numbers came in lower, probably closer to two or 300 billion. But Clearly, you add people to the IRS, their job is to find uh, money. They're going to find it, right? If you audit a taxpayer's tax return, um, for the most part, you can find stuff, right? Uh, whether it's, uh, it's generally on the deduction side because it's hard to shelter income because everything's just reported on W-2s or 1099s. But deductions is where you can get people, uh, at least look at them and make sure that deductions are um, legitimate and uh Accurate. So the, obviously, you start looking at people's tax returns. You're gonna you're gonna find stuff. Nothing. Well, I don't want to say nothing, but generally, in most cases, um, it, it's not super material. But you know, the money adds up. You get more people there. You throw more darts against the board. You're, you're gonna get more results, and, and it's just more money into treasury. But we'll see where that number goes. I'm not sure it's gonna reach the two or three hundred billion mark. Um, but that's it. That's kind of where we are with the Build Back Better Act. Could have been a lot worse. If you told me in September 12th or 13th when I first saw this tax prov provisions and the Ways and Means proposed bill, uh, I would have taken this because it looked a lot worse back then. Uh, the cap on 10 million basically was retroactive. There was those two horrible IRA provisions on private placements and private businesses. 
Um, there was capital gains increase, corporate tax increase, uh, a lot of, lot of um, you know, stuff I, I didn't particularly agree with. Um, although I, I could have lived with a, a smaller corporate tax increase, um, even a small capital gains tax increase. Like I am reasonable. I understand uh, we, we just pumped like $4 trillion in the economy. Like we're going to need to pay for it. I can live with small tax increases. Uh, there were some grantor trust, um, pretty nuclear provisions in there, as well as reduction in the unified credit, which which also was not um, was was kicked out, which was good. So all in all, it could have been a lot worse. Four trillion went down to about one point seven five trillion. Um, so could be worse. I, again, I, I strongly disagree with the Roth provisions because they're not going to raise money. It's not good policy. It's going to de-incentivize people to save and add a little bit more confusion to the retirement system. So I'm not in favor of that. Uh, that's, I believe, a widened uh, Neil, Richard Neal, who chairs, he's a Democratic congressman from Massachusetts. He chairs the Ways and Means Committee. And I think that was, um, you know, a uh, some some form of collusion where this is, hey, let's this is something we need to attack. We don't like Ross. We think they're runaway train abuses on the raw. So let's limit it, which unfortunately is just not the case. And this is just going to hurt you and me from adding a couple thousand bucks more into our, into a Roth to help uh, ourselves and our kids out down the road. It's, it's stupid. This is not um, anything more than that. This is not going to stop Elon Musk from being rich, you know, billionaires, people with 50 million plus, they don't care about 6,000 bucks in a Roth IRA. They are not doing mega backdoors. I have, you know, 8,000 or so, not close, maybe more, 9,000 or so solo 401k clients. I'd say less than 10% do backdoors. And looking at the numbers of the plan, these are people like you and me, you know, just people trying to get by, work hard, middle, middle class people, middle upper class, you know, professionals, lawyers, doctors, architects, engineers, people worked hard, not super rich people. People just want to put away a little bit more for themselves and their family down the road. And, and isn't that part of the plan? Isn't that what we want people to be doing? Saving more in a retirement plan so they have more, less of a burden on social security, less of a burden on government and have more for our retirement. Thought that was how the game was supposed to play. And these provisions just make no sense. If you told me, hey, they're gonna raise $2 billion over 10 years or $10 billion or whatever, $100 billion, okay, I can understand the reasoning, but this is going to not just not add revenue, it's going to take revenue out of treasury because people will just do pre-tax in greater number because they're not gonna have that Roth option. So happy Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for listening. It's been, um, I wish, uh, I'm super thankful for all of you. Um, I have a lot of fun doing these podcasts. It's great, great stuff. Uh, I spend a lot of time researching it and it's, it's something I, I really look forward to every week. I kind of tease myself and wait to the end to do Adam Talks. I usually do these. I drop them every Wednesday. I usually do them Monday or Tuesday. Even if I have a title and I'm ready to go like Friday, I like to like have it marinate on the weekend, think about it more, do a little bit more research. So thanks for listening and sticking around with me. Uh, really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. want to wish uh, you and your family uh, only happiness uh, and a wonderful, wonderful thanksgiving and again super thankful for uh, all your support be well and happy thanksgiving